Well, thank you, guys. Please be seated in Christ. He is an awesome man in my life. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, that was just awesome uh, this morning. It's uh, back, great to be back in the house, by the way. We uh, missed being here last week. I always miss being with uh, Farno when we go away, even just for one Sunday. And w- wasn't that great coming from uh, uh, Tanara, eh? I, The point I wrote down there about what Tanara shared was food. Coming together, family coming together around food. Isn't that what our dad likes to do around communion, eh? His son on the table. Food, communion. His body, his blood. Praise God. Sophia talked about honour. And it says the father honours the son, eh? He's committed everything to the son. The orchestra. Remind me of the angels of heaven, the choirs of heaven that we sing along with here on a Sunday morning when we're worshipping all of heaven, rejoicing in our blessed Lord and worshipping our God and Father. And then, of course, Charlotte with the peacemaker. And uh, the Bible tells us that he's made our peace through the blood of his cross. Praise God. Wow. Unity, our house. Uh, I I thought I'd speak about uh, the 50 points today that uh, bring unity in a family. What's... Hey, don't start laughing. There's nothing funny about that, is there? We've covered about 30 of them, so I'm going to have to change my message. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was really good. I'm going to speak today about the key to unity, eh? The key to unity and the unity that there is between the Father and the Son. Yeah? And it's wonderful to be part of a family. And, uh, you know, we, we are the temple of God. We're a house, but the, a church is classed as a house. But your whanau, your family is a house where God dwells. And often uh, there's, when you have a house, there's a, there's a pillar holding up the roof or many pillars. And uh, in the Maori terms, uh, in Tereo, it's called a po, you know, a po in the house, a pillar that holds up the house. And, uh, and uh, they used to think too... Uh, uh, the narrative used to go how that when you, you've ever seen the, the clouds as they open up and you see the rays of light and they were saying that that's what's held up the sky, the rays of light. And, and they were right about that because our Father, God, is light and He is the pillar that upholds all things. Praise God. He is the Po of the universe. He is the, he is the Po in the house and even in my house, He really is not just me being the Po or the pillar, although as a father and as a husband, I need to be a Po, I need to be a pillar but my God, my Lord is my Po. He's the Po of our house. Praise God. Anyway, <clears throat> the theme verse I thought from a message today would be uh, uh, Philippians uh, 4 and verse 19. And it says, uh, Paul was uh, talking to the Philippian Christians and he said, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's the key. The relationship between the Father and Son. Yes. You know, the Lord Jesus, our Savior, He left the heights of glory. When He came here, when He traveled eternity, an eternal distance to condescend right into time, what a journey He took. What a mission He went on. You know, in in, in fulfilling the mission that the Father sent Him on, it would involve Him uh, coming low. Very, very low. Being born in Bethlehem, born into humanity, uh, finding that there was no room for him uh, in the inn, and uh, being laid in a manger, a feeding trough, and uh, very humble 
circumstances for the Lord of glory. But what a mission that he was sent on by his father. It involved him being misunderstood and rejected, having his miracles even attributed to the devil. Just imagine what the Lord of glory, the one who, 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 who spoke, could speak and just fling out the galaxies, what it meant for him to humble himself and come so low, being hated by the religious people. Are there any religious people here today that's taken up with more with your works and what you're doing to appease God than you are being taken up with the Son of God, the darling of His bosom, the one that delights our Father, yes? Um, he was hated by the religious. They put Him aside. He had all His dignity stripped when he went to the cross, he was beaten to a pulp. The Lord of glory, he was nailed to a cross. He died for our sins. He was buried, but then he rose again. Hallelujah. Because death couldn't hold the Lord of glory. Life went into death. Light went into the darkness and obliterated it for you and for me. And what a victory is ours. And he did all this to redeem mankind, to win a bride uh, that was united to him and suited to him. Uh, in that she, she would look after and care about the same things that he cared about. And that's what our Lord has done for each one of us. And we are the bride of Christ as a church. Not just one of us as a bride. No, together with all the redeemed, we make up the church, which is his body, the bride of Christ. Something that has been formed, that is a mystery, a spiritually formed, that has come out of his wounded side. Just like God took a rib out of Adam and made Eve and, and brought her uh, to Adam and he said uh, how that she was of his flesh, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. So it is with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's made such a sacrifice for us. And Paul is challenging, the apostle was challenging the believers about giving to others and um, in, in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. And he says this, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. God wants you to be rich this morning. Rich this morning. Wealthy. In His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. You know, uh, I've been a beekeeper for about 36 years, although I'm still dealing with honey, not necessarily a beekeeper, but still in the same industry. And uh, the bees, when they come from a hive, there's thousands, tens of thousands of bees in a hive, and they fly, fly a long distance to gather nectar sometimes, especially in a drought. They'll go over 10 kilometers but they all work together and they go out to find the sweet nectar. And uh, they go out to get their fill, to bring it back and to share it with the rest of the hive. Someone once said, united we stand, divided we fall. Unity is a very important thing, but it must flow out of the unity between the father and son. So I want to ask you this morning, why are you here? Is it because, you know, have you, come, have you come along here this morning because you think it's a good thing to do from time to time? You should really go to church, you know. <laughs> well, maybe. 
have you come along here this morning so that God can help you with your anxieties and your fears and, and, and maybe even your depression? Have you come here along here because you think it's sort of like magic, it'll be good luck if you just go to church? I don't know. Or if you come along here because you love the Son of God, you're in relationship with Him, and when He said we're two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. You won't leave any stone unturned but to go and meet with the saints of God and to be with the Lord that you love, caring about the same people that He cares about, doing the same things that He's doing. Yeah? Let's hope it's the, the latter. I'd just like to say, may your home or your house be like a beehive where all the occupants are in love with the sweetness of the sun. And you come along here to like the bees gathering nectar and you're coming to glean something of the sun. And in your quiet time at home and you spend time with your Lord, you're gathering that sweetness. It's been said that he's like honey in the rock. Sweet honey in the rock. He tastes like honey in the rock. And just finding out all about our beloved Lord and his Savior and bring it back to the home. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And you're sharing it with the whole family. And everyone begins to thrive. Praise God. That's the ultimate, isn't it, eh? I want to challenge you today to be a recipient of the grace and the favor and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today to value your union with Him. That's where unity starts with, the unity between the Father and the Son. In your home and in your marriage, let everything flow from that union and you'll be blessed. Praise God. You know, there's a word unity. There's a word, uh, sorry, there's a word union and unity, communion, community. There's lots of words, you know. Maybe they're all linked in some way. But unity between the Father and Son is very important. And I was going to share that verse. It's already popped up twice already today. Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is uh, for brethren to dwell together in unity, for there the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. It speaks there about the anointing oil of the high priest flowing down off Aaron's head when he was anointed. Oil speaks of as symbolic of the Holy Spirit from the top to the bottom, even to the tips of his garment. Mum and dad, mate, or the Lord, the man, the Lord, God, his love, his aroha being enjoyed, flowing down through the whanau, right to those in need, to even rebellious children, even neighbours and friends flowing out further to all who come into the home, all that we take under our mantle and our wings, all the fungi kids, fungi kids, amen. <laughs> Praise God. That union that we have with God or the unit between the Father and the Son, for us it starts with new birth, being born again. I want to ask you, have you been born again this morning? Not whether you've made a commitment, walked up the front, signed a card, uh, maybe said a few words. No, being born of the Spirit. You know, have you, is the very source of your life flowing from the Spirit of God today as one that is born again, who is a new creation in Christ. It's very important. You know, if you're born again, you're part of the family of God. You've been adopted into His family. You've been birthed into His family. And once you're a child of God, you can never be unbirthed. 
There's no such thing as putting a baby back into the womb, especially if after it's been out for a few years. <laughs> Perish the thought. Don't even let your mind go there, and we're not going to go there today. It's the same with though that union and the new birth and that relationship between the father and son that can never be broken is the same, really, marriage is like that. Or it used to be like that. It still is actually according to God. And that's why there's vows and there's a covenant. It's not for just a few years, it's for life. Through richer for poorer, for better for worse, in sickness or in health. As long as we both shall live, so help me God. And we're not only in covenant relationship, Ruth and I, but when we got married, marriage was instituted by God and he was there. He was the third strand of the rope. And the Bible tells us that a three-strand rope cannot be quickly broken. It's getting a bit dry here with the heat, but maybe I'm just, you're all right, as long as you guys are comfortable. Thank you, Ruth. So, yeah, some people have said, well, marriage is a, a union between two selfish people. But I don't think about that. I think a marriage is, well, hopefully it develops into a union between two selfless people that are there for the good of the other person. If we're there in that relationship for our good and what we can get out of it, and sometimes I do confess that's maybe how some of us start out, some of us naive ones. I know you didn't start out that way. You were always loving, always giving, but I'm just uh, taking the opportunity for a bit of confession as being married next week, married for 30 years, you know. I thought someone to wash my clothes, do the meals, be there to keep me company. What else can I get out of Ruth, you know? A whole lot of things. Well, I thought, well, that'd be one thing I could provide, and then she has to do all the rest. Praise God. And we'd be on a win, but never mind, no. Two selfless people, not two selfish people, yeah? Right. Wow. John 17, I love those words of the Lord Jesus. When he prayed, giving us uh, just opening up what's really going on. And uh, well, I know we share them often, but when Jesus prayed in John 17 verse 9, he says, I pray for those who you have given me, for they are yours. You know, when you're in love with somebody, there's a wonderful union between the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, but the Father and the Son. When you love somebody, like there were times when I, I went out and bought a ring. You spend some money, you buy a ring for Ruth, you know. You want to give something to the person that you love. Jesus, the Father loves the Son. Maybe a bunch of flowers. You know, God could have gone to a distant uh, planet and got some ex exotic bouquet of flowers that we'd never ever seen on this planet and given them to his son. But no, he, Jesus prayed here, I pray for those that you've given me, for they are yours. God found his greatest treasure because he wanted to give something to his son. And guess who it was? It was you. Made in the image of God, belonging to the Father, and yet we're his love gift to his son. Wow, that's quite amazing, isn't it? Verse 10 says, And all mine are yours, Jesus says, when he's talking to the Father. 
All are mine. They're yours. Yours are mine. And I'm glorified. They shared everything equally. What's yours is, sometimes it's what's yours is mine, what's mine's my own, and none of that with God and the Son, eh? The Father and Son, eh? That doesn't work in a marriage, you know? You stick to your side of the wardrobe, the room, stay on your side of the bed. I don't know. I never managed to stick to my side of the bed. Oh, no, we won't go there. Right, verse 21, where were we? Absolute unity between the father and son. Not like the older brother in the story of the prodigal son, right? He wasn't really unified with the heart of his father. See, the, the father there in that story, he loved the younger brother, even though he'd been rebellious and gone away. Even though he'd done things that he shouldn't have done, the father really loved the son because he was born into his family and he was his own regardless of what he had done. Our children are our own. We love our children. They will always be in our family. But the older brother wasn't in the same headspace or heart space that his father was in. When his father welcomed his son back with open arms and just wanted to praise the Lord and just come in with all your baggage and, yeah, you look, you're smelly from on the road and being in the pigs and you smell like a pig and, you know, just come on in. We're going to put on a party. I'm going to ask all these people along, you know, and we're just going to celebrate with you. Even though you smell like a pig and they don't smell like a pig, they're putting the aftershave on, but that's all right. We're just going to have a party, you know. And that's like our Father, you know. He just welcomes us back. And we want to be in unity with our Father and the Lord because they're completely one together. Even in our marriage, you know, sometimes there's some smelly things going on in a relationship and we just want to be on the same page as what our Father's on. And I love what was came out in the couch Sunday today because of forgiveness and all that sort of Charlie, that's great. I'm not going to feel bitter. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to treasure you. I'm going to see you how God sees you. That's what I was hearing. And in verse 21, Jesus prays that they may all be one. This is what Jesus is praying for the all of us, eh? that we may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us. Wow. Why not just one over there? You know, we'll keep them at a distance. They can be one. But, you know, we're pretty holy. We created the whole universe. We'll keep ourselves separate. They're only part. You know, no, we want them one in us. We want them one in us. We want to bring them so close, so into such a close relationship that they're just completely one. All that we have is theirs. And all that they are is ours. And he creates something, you know. It's phenomenal. True unity comes from being completely one with the Father and the Son. Enjoying being in the family of God. No guilt, no condemnation, no feeling of failure. No looking at oneself, but looking at the Lord. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, because all he is is all you are. All that God, your father's made you in him. You can't undo that. Are you going to fight about God? Are you going to sit down and say, hey, that's rubbish. You don't know me properly. You know, you don't know what I'm like. What about the thoughts that go through my head? And, you know, I've stuffed up so much. I'm not like, you. no, no, he's made you. He's made you accepted. Don't you try and unmake yourself. The de that's de devilish stuff. That's demons that come and whisper those things in your ears. That's just absolute nonsense. That's not the truth. That's a lie from the enemy. That's from the pit of hell. 
That's darkness. It's not light. Our Father's light and He's love and it'll just permeate your whole being if you open your heart and just receive that. Phenomenal. Praise His name. What about worrying about things? Man, boy, can I speak to this. Anxiety and worry and my business and that over the years. Boy, do I need to preach myself alive. Open the grave, I'm coming out. These bones, rattling old bones. Glory to God. Um, Philippians. <laughs> Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Who? May just bring them on. Requests and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So it's not actually something that's in the Swede. It's more in the spirit. Yeah, not your mind, will and your emotions. And, you know, so often we spend all our life living there, eh? In our soul rather than walking in the spirit. And we ultimately become the source rather than God through our spirit because we spend too much time there. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We are already clothed with the righteousness of God. Did you know that? Forever accepted by the Father and the beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we're in union with Him. We've received Him. The Word says, to as many as received Him, that's Jesus, to them gave He the right, that is God gave the right for us to become the sons of God. Even to those who believe on His name. That's what marks a believer. We believe on His name. And then we take another step and believe on his name. And then we believe on his name. And we believe on his name so much so that we are believers. We're not unbelievers. Unbelievers worry more about their anxiety and their fears and worry. And where am I going to provide the next meal from? And no, no, we believe on his name. Yes, amen. We are believers. So unity manifests itself in families first. Unity for the believers begins at the level of the family. As each individual family member commits to loving the Lord with a passion and to loving others as Jesus loves us, well, then that's, that's, that's a great witness to the world. And they're drawn by, by when they see that. They're drawn to the Father. If they see us, if they look at Christian marriages and go, wow, look at Tanara and Huhana. You know, isn't that just awesome? What is it about those two? You know, they've got all these kids they take in and they still, they're so busy. Then they go to their church and they're doing community stuff. Then he's evangelizing everywhere. Where on earth did he get all the energy from? Or Sophia and Ian or, or someone else, you know? Living in, in, in a great relationship, the love and light of God flowing in. And we as husbands have a responsibility to love our wives, to bring the love of God, the agape love into the relationship. Of course, I would have to hang my head in sorrow if I didn't know the truth and, and confess that when it comes to my walk that uh, I've failed miserably and many times in my marriage in my life. But I'm not going to dwell there. Hey, Charlotte, we're not going to dwell there. We're going to move on because we look to the Lord and it's His love for us. We're moving on. We're turning our eyes away from ourselves and we are going to just learn by our mistakes and we fail forward and fail up in our walk, but God has already made us perfect and complete in Christ and he's given us his righteousness. So we're not going to say anything else other than that. We're going to accept that and walk in it. And it says uh, in Ephesians 4 and 3 that uh, 
you know, how that unity brings peace. It's his, it's his uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's unity in the Spirit. For us, it's the key. Walking with our Lord in relationship to Him, one with the Son and one with the Father. I watched the uh, Warriors playing the uh, Parramatta Eels last night. And uh, they certainly, uh, what was it, 4610? Okay, and uh, they were in unity, all right. Yes, their bodies were, they put, laid their bodies on the line, eh? And uh, physically, they, were, they had to really work together. But that's not going to, just doing that physically, yeah, that's not the source of it for us. Then you got the scientists, right? You know, 400 million years ago, uh, when, when this planet evolved, you know, through the Big Bang, they're all in unity, so many of them are in unity about that, eh? You know what I mean? In their mind, one's the body, one's the next one's the soul, and they're trying to get it all together in the soul. Yeah, fat lot of use that is too. You know, first you've got two teams of 15 men chasing a bag of wind around a field trying to get it 100 metres. I could have picked that thing up and just wandered down the other end and put it under the post if they got out of the way. <laughs> then you've got the scientists living from their soul. But what about us as believers, eh? Walking in the Spirit. Alive in the spirit, we've come out of the grave. The life of our God in us. He's made us alive through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're raised from the dead and we're in 100% unity with one another and with our God and with his son. Yes? Praise God. I thought I, I thought I had that right. I thought I had that right, eh? I was just hoping, because Ian will always correct me if I get something wrong. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Wow. Man, eh? That's pretty close, eh? Wow. That's awesome. Communion. It's important that we walk in communion with our Lord. Are you walking daily in communion with him and unity, looking to him? When you lay down to sleep at night, are you still pumping weights? <laughs> still worried and anxious, got the whole world on your shoulders? Yeah? No? No. If you are, Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. I'll, I'll, I'll pull the whole weight for you, and then you can just walk alongside and step with me, and it'll be all right. Those who rest in Jesus are alive in the Spirit, yes? Yeah, I will give you rest, he says. Yeah, don't stay awake for hours worrying about things and thinking about things. I spent many long nights worrying about business, making plans, scheming. And you know what? It didn't really help. In hindsight now, looking back, what a waste of time. I never could come up with a plan good enough to, be, to get rich, you know? I spent two months one time down in Auckland with a mate of mine going through all the papers looking for a business to buy. We were going to actually make, because we came up here, I saw the, you remember the old orange centre and they had those orange uh, oranges on wheels, you know. We were going to make these pop-up ones that you could have all the oranges in the top. And we bought an orange machine. Actually, I paid $3,500 for it. And we we're going to push these things. We we're going to do it in Auckland and park them on the street. You get a hawker's licence. We're going to go, and it'd come up half a tonne of oranges and you just open it up and feed out all the orange juice, you see. And then as we grew the business, we had this idea that we're going to 
take them over the, from the North Shore to the, over the bridge and then, and then of course you get free advertising because next thing there'll be seven, eight, nine of them and you'd all follow each other over each day to go into the city and have all these pop-up little orange juicing machines all around Auckland. It didn't ever did eventuate, but we had all sorts of plans. But go to sleep at night. You know, God's got it for you. Trust in Him. Let Him open the shut doors for you. Don't be over-anxious. One morning recently, uh, when I was spending some time with the Lord, I began, began to reflect on my actions and reactions, you know. just And I've done that over the years, and I think it's a healthy thing to do in the marriage with the kids when things go wrong. There's always something new, you know. There's something new that you've never experienced before that'll just upset the apple cart a little bit, you know. And... Uh, Sometimes it's both external reactions or internal reactions, how you feel on the inside. It's important that we just reflect on it. Um, it's either with yourself and feeling bad about yourself or a failure or it's feeling bad about others, you know. So I was spending time with the Lord and the Lord graciously and gently showed me that at many times I'd been tripping over guilt, tripping over worry and, 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 and fear of failure. That's a big one. We're trying not to fail, you know. I know you guys probably weren't doing that, but I'm just sharing with you. This is where I just dump everything you see when I come along here to church, you know, <laughs> just to get it. So, yeah, even though he had always been there and he had always been incredibly patient with me and always been my provider and had never failed me, I was not always that way with my wife and with my children and with others round about me. Uh, so what is the reason? It's really just because we allow those anxieties we, to creep in. We come out of communion with the Lord, resting our all upon Him, walking with Him every moment of every day, and these things come in and change us. And uh, the last scripture I've got here is 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 16. And Paul says, uh, says there, the cup of blessing, it's about communion, by the way, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? When it says that word communion, in the Greek it is kanonia, that's the word, and it's got within that word, the, uh, one of the meanings within that word is common, the common equal sharing. So when we got the cup, it's a common equal sharing of the blood of Christ. And then he goes on to say, the bread that we break, is it not the communion or the common equal sharing of the body of Christ? That is tremendous. God has given us to His Son, but He's given His Son to us. All His perfection, His health, His, health, His wholeness, His provision, all that He owns is ours if we'd only have the Son and walk in communion with Him. Will you have Him? Will you have Him today? Will you keep hold of him? Will you walk in communion with the Son today or will you reject him for your own anxieties, your worries, your fears, your own striving? I want to close with this story and then give people an opportunity if anyone here wants to receive Jesus, yeah? And there's one I've shared here before. I'll share it again. It's great. A man died who was extremely wealthy. His will was full of very expensive art pieces. His beloved son had died before him, who would have been his only heir. His son would have inherited everything. Soon after the wealthy man's death, there was an auction that included all the valuable pieces of art and everything, and many people came from all over the world to this auction. 
And the auctioneer began the auction by offering for sale a plain portrait of the deceased son. There were no bids, and after what seemed to be a long silence, a little old man walked down the aisle. He had been the servant of the wealthy man. He meagerly and almost shamefully offered a couple of dollars from his pocket for the portrait of the son, because that's all he had. The auctioneer, after looking for other bids, hit his gavel down and he said, sold to that man just for a couple of dollars. And then he said, the auction's over. He went on to explain that the will of the master and the instructions specifically, uh, had given instructions specifically uh, to offer for sale the painting of his son first and whoever got the painting of his son would inherit the whole lot. Isaiah said of Jesus, he has no form nor lordliness or comeliness. We, we, when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. All these people would come for this expensive art, but they weren't interested in the sun. You might come along to church for blessings, but are you interested in the sun? Because I want to tell you, if you take the sun, everything else will come into line. You get everything with him. Your family will flourish. Doesn't mean to say you won't have any trials. Your business will flourish. Doesn't mean to say you won't have any trials. Your life will change. Everything around you will change. You will have confidence and boldness. You will no longer be self-centered. You won't worry about what people think of you, whether your preaching's good or bad or whatever's happening. You'll just be interested in the sun. I want to encourage you to take the sun. God is offering you his son. He's 100% in unity with the Father, and you can be 100% in unity together in them, one with the Son and one with the Father, but you must receive the Son. God wants to forgive you all your sins. You were made in His image. He sent His Son to redeem you. He traveled all that distance of time and went through so much and came so low in order that you might uh, be offered the perfect righteousness, His perfect righteousness in place of all your self-centeredness that you might be turned into a selfless person instead of a selfish person. But you must have the Son. Otherwise, you don't get anything. Let's walk in communion with the Son and with the Father, one with them both. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and I believe we've got a, a song to finish with, have we? Soon? Ah, good, good. Okay, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of perfect righteousness and the standing that we have in him. We thank you that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. And we just praise you that you've adopted us into your family, just like Tanara and Huhana have these fungi kids. You've actually, more than that, we've been birthed into your family and you've made us accepted in your Son, Father. And we just praise you uh, for that. And Father, we thank you for your infinite love that it's able to meet every need of ours. We just declare healing over the church today, wholeness and health and blessing and provision, Father, as we look to the Son, as we turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful place, face, Father. We just thank you that we could sing earlier on, holy, holy, holy. You are holy, Lord. And we just are caused to worship you because we're recipients of your love and grace and you have set us free from ourselves and from all our sin. And we love to worship in your presence and we just praise you, Jesus, for coming among us and being here as our King and, 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 and as Lord of all. 
and just ministering to every heart. Father, just go with us. Help us to shine your light and love into our community today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.